Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard to a very special edition Human Events Daily. We're recording these, as you can tell, on the sidelines of America Vest here in Phoenix, Arizona. I am here with Congressman Jim Jordan. Oh, no, wait, no, you're not Jim Jordan, are Taller, you? Taller, better Taller, hair. with the hair. Not as got likely to be speaker. I should have realized, I, I, I don't know, no, no, this is Matt Gates, isn't it? Yeah, right. That's what I'm Gosh. told. Gosh, producer Angelo, you told me it was Jim Jordan. This isn't Jim Jordan at all. What's going on here? Well, because we prefer the like SEC states over the Big Ten states. Oh, snap. So. Oh, snap. No, we are here with um, uh, my favorite intelligence agent. Uh, we're here with Congressman Matt Gates. Congressman, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It is uh, always exciting to be here because you're seeing the future of the party and the movement, and you're seeing very clearly what ideas get folks fired up to continue to participate and I engage. Had, I had a question just before we started this and someone said you know what what gives you hope you know what you know what causes you to not get you know the black pill how do you protect from the black pill and i said look around you're, you're surrounded by a sea of white pills right now and no that's not a uh oh wow <laughs> welcome to the last edition of human yeah, events the last edition. we're both canceled right um but it's no it's hopeful right so it's hope versus despair and this idea that you look at these events they're just getting bigger and bigger mm -hmm. the crowd and it's it's something that that charlie was driving for and then bringing me but also bringing steve bannon here this year um having the war room in you you realize that Typically, Turning Point had this, I guess, reputation. It was for kids, right? It was the student events. But this is not a student event. This is really an all-ages thing, and I think they met their mark. Well, and we have to leverage the skill stack of young people who are able to do things in our politics now that, yes. frankly, the boomer class of the congressional gerontocracy can't. You know, I mean, right now, political communication is driven in the digital space. It's yeah. not the drive town to town anymore. It's being able to have viral moments and mm -hmm. effective digital products. And, you know, for a lot of these digital natives, uh, it is uh, exciting to see how those how those <laughs> issues like interface with our tools. Do you know anything about viral moments by any chance? Are you familiar with, you know, with some, uh, I, Twitter? I don't always know work? when they happen, uh, but they do send to follow me. Well, no, it's it's it, that's exactly right, and I, I I feel like, with the exception of yourself and a few people out there, it's sort of the AOC question that they don't that w when she's up there, we might be laughing and saying, oh, she said something silly, and and and, and people on the right are, are laughing, but guess what? Everyone on her side, they clip that and they package that and they polish it and they only send the best part out to her side. My favorite trick that they do, by the way, and it's not just to her; they do it everyone. She, they'll edit an interaction one of these hearings where it's they'll have her saying something will cut off completely the response and then they'll play it aoc owns you know border security whatever and they don't even give the fact that he will respond and debunk every single thing she said but you know what in politics, does that really matter? Yeah, I mean, the new paradigm is from the left is to manipulate what you are seeing so that it changes the way you think and yeah. behave. And they now have a willing partner in the FBI and doing just that. <laughs> so, like, you can't really blame AOC and her handlers for trying to, like, recreate reality in the digital world when our own government sees the value hey, of that. Hate the game, don't hate the player. Yeah, I, I reckon so. And, look, she's running for president. I mean, she's getting ready to run for president in 2024. President, she not, believes, not VP. She, and it'll be an interesting question regarding okay. her age and whether or not she's eligible. eligible. I don't think she'll be eligible at the time that she'll be getting votes, mm. but by the time she would be sworn in 
she would be of, she, of requisite age. And so, yeah, I think that yeah. she uh, she would have an opportunity then uh, to m at least make a constitutional argument for her candidacy. But she's getting ready for it. Hey, I'm all for it. Let's more the merrier. Please, please bring it on. Bring on the AOC camp presidency, presidential camp. I mean, you saw this, by the way, with like uh, Tulsa Gabbard, you know, ran for president. Andrew Yang, you, uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg, right? Pete Buttigieg goes from being the mayor of from Indiana and now he's secretary. Of, well, occasionally he's the secretary of transportation when, you know, when, when he finds time. Right. No, I, I think that it has become a platform. And what's interesting is that there is somewhat of, a, of an I think a lack of understanding as to how this will go, because even if Trump has 30, 40 percent of the vote, a lot of those early primary states are winner take all with right. the delegates. So by the time a field would coalesce around a Trump alternative, he's going to have such a delegate lead. Uh, I think his path to nomination will be pretty clear. I know we're not allowed to advocate on this show. No, we're, we're, not, just, we're, we're just analyzing. We're discussing, we're analyzing. But let's let's talk about some stuff that's happened a little bit closer to uh, to to market here, because we've got speaker race you've been outspoken uh we've also got the rnc race which yes. i think everyone was kind of sleeping on the rnc race and now all of a sudden harmy dylan gets in she's here you know at the event working the, meeting the grassroots um say what you want about rana and by the way like i don't have anything against her personally i, I really don't think most people do but i don't see her coming to the events and meeting people like I would see a Harmony Dillon do. I just don't see it. No, Ronna McDaniel is not a leader of a major political party. She is a chauffeur for donors. And that has allowed her to maintain the position for a requisite period of time. But we haven't exactly been winning where we should be winning in all of those cases. And whether it's the RNC chair or Mitch McConnell or the speakership, like politics is pretty unique, isn't it? In sports, if the coach loses the games they're supposed to win, he's out. He's gone. In business, if the CEO misses projected earnings, the board replaces them. I mean, you look at Disney. They just had a huge... Great well, example. I mean, basically two regime changes. So they got rid of... Uh, what's it? I Iskert, yeah. Um, and then and then they had, well, Chopra came yeah. in. And then he gets bounced out. And then the other guy comes back in because... And he actually gave an interview alluding to... the. You don't usually hear that in the corporate mm -hmm. world where he basically called it... You know, it was the CFO and the CEO, the new CEO just forced him out, had no plan, went fully woke, ran the company into the ground, and you saw declining sales in with all the properties across the board, and then they finally get rid of the guy. Now, I'm gonna point out like- But at least that's accountability. Woke, but it's right, some kind of accountability. Whereas in this room, if you put Ronna McDaniel or Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy on that stage, they'd get booed off of it. That's at the this bottom point, line. They would I be. could see that. And so when you have leaders in Washington. That being said, though, I could also point out that if Ronna McDaniel were walking around here, I don't think people would recognize her. I really don't think. And and that is because she views the role of the party to facilitate contracts with vendors and donations from donors. And like if Ronna McDaniel had spent the money she spent promoting her podcast on enhancing the skill stack of our wait, activists. Wait, wait, wait. She has a podcast. She does. I and, actually, and, and RNC I'm donors pay for because it. I had no idea that she had a podcast until you just said that. It is quite something. And, that, I, and I, I'm in the podcast space. I'm looking at the charts. Well, you, yeah, the yeah, you don't know that she has one because she's you know, nowhere near where you are on the charts. And it's, but even still, I, I keep an eye on who runs podcasts. I had no idea she was doing podcasts. This is the problem. They are focused exclusively on why people vote 
and mm. they are ignoring how voting occurs. Yes. And we need to do so much more to have a real-time quick reaction response. We're getting, we're getting photobombed over here. <laughs> oh, what's up, Lauren the, Bober? The, the, the most beautiful photobomb oh, outside I, of Tanya Tay. Uh-oh. Yes, uh -oh. Congresswoman Bobert and my wife. Who, Brixit? <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. He is he is looking good these days. Isn't Brixit? Brixit, aren't you? Come here, come here so they can see it. No, wait, stand right here so you're on camera. Right here, okay. He's looking good. Isn't he looking good? I I, 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 I like the hat. Oh, I like the cash. Look, if, the, if we didn't plan this, folks, we literally did not. That's what we're talking well, but, about. Well, but on the Harmeet Dilhan point, don't we need people with keen legal skills for the yes. battle we are facing right look, now? When I, okay, I'll watch... And I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to talk about Sean Hannity like that. But when I hear people complain about Mark Elias, oh, it's terrible. What he's doing is so bad, but it's awful. It's it's ridiculous. I look at that and, and maybe it's because I have a military background. But when I see the adversary come up with a new capability, then my mind is, doesn't go to, oh, I should complain about the capability. It's OK. How do we defeat that? How do we maintain one of our own? How do we counter it? And I don't hear a lot of that from most of the mainstream pundits. Well, I have so many activists come up to me to say, you know what, give me a territory where I can go and hunt down ballots when they have not been returned. Give me the church group to go to on Wednesday night to drive that bus during early voting. And the RNC doesn't function as a way to really bring those operational forces mm -hmm. together and to put them into the battle we are actually in. Think about how the left does this. They vertically integrate their election strategy. 100%. So, like they know in Maricopa County who the duty judge is going to be when you go file your injunction because they set that stuff up in advance. Meanwhile, we complain that people are going to steal elections from us. We watch like kind of crazy, bizarre things happen on election day, like voting machines not working. And then afterwards, we act like these lawsuits are going to save us. Gosh and darn, they, they, they did it again. Yeah, but they aren't know. going yeah. to. You have to catch them in the act. Yes. And I am here to try to really proliferate some of the ideas we used in Florida to fix this. Because I remember when we were the laughing stock of the country in Florida. Yeah, and we we got paper ballots. So paper for ballots. But then the key is real time transparency on how many votes have been cast in Florida. You can go to the website and see every eight minutes how many votes have been cast at every precinct through every methodology wow. and what party affiliation has been reflected in the casting of those ballots. Now, is this also because and I hear Richard Barris talk about this a lot. There's there was a new law that was passed for deadlines so that you actually impose and enforce deadlines on all of these counties on all regardless of what party runs the county etc that they all have to meet these deadlines yes. and that's why i say it's as gigantic as florida we know the answer in minutes well and because there are real-time remedies you see in mm. arizona the theory that we're going to wait until weeks after election day is passed and then somehow go, go file some silver bullet lawsuit i think is inaccurate and it, it does not comport with what we've seen in the jurisprudence. And it's, it's also, it, to your point before, and, and really the overarching frame, maybe 30 years ago, 40 years ago, that would have made sense. Um, you hear people talk about, you know, Civil War era elections and things like that. It just hasn't been like that in a long time. Well, no. And in Florida, when those deadlines are blown, when transparency requirements aren't being met, you can walk into the judge that day and seek redress to put a local wow. supervisor of elections office into receivership Wow! that day. 
where you don't have to ha have any messing around. You also need people with guts who will fire the folks who don't run clean elections. Like we hold the governorship in Georgia and yet they allow in Fulton County a system that is unlike anywhere else in the state regarding how the ballots are handled, what yeah. the chain of custody is. And we have to have the courage to be called every bad name under the book, but to demand actual compliance with the law. And here's the th on, on that note, by the way, they're going to say it anyway. When when Mitch McConnell stood there and met with it was I believe it was the families of the Capitol Police that and they were handing out those medals and they refused to shake his hand. It it dude, you can throw them all under the bus. You can say, I disavow, I condemn in the strongest terms possible this rhetoric and this person and condemn that person and condemn whoever you want. They're still going to put all conservatives in that bucket. They're just going to do it. And to the point where I'm handing you a medal and you won't even shake somebody's hand, just a basic act of respect that I, I've met dirtbag left wing, you know, quote unquote journalists, and I'll shake their hand. I'll at least be polite because, you know, from public, whatever. And they will not do that. So, all right, if that's the system, that's the system. But you've just cut to the principal discussion that we are having at this conference. Do we need to realize we've won the debate regarding what policies are going to improve quality of life for people on the border with spending policy? We've won the debate, but people don't hear us because big tech blocks us. So we yeah. have to take strong action there because elections have lower confidence levels than ever before because we see these irregularities that seem to never really get explained. And so I think we need to fight a lot tougher. I don't think we need to moderate the message. Well, and, 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 and that kind of gets it cuts into all of these races that we're talking about and all of these positions within the party, whether it's speaker, whether it's RNC, you need somebody that's actually going to be on the field of battle and looking at it that way. The whole I mean, we all hear those stories about Tip O'Neill and Reagan going to get a drink or whatever um, and Dashiell back in the day. But th that's been gone for a long time. And you're, you're on the hill every day. I mean, there's some. There's some stuff, you know, that's 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 cross aisle, but it's it's few and far between. It really is. Well, and look, there are opportunities for the populist right and the populist left to work together True. against the corrupt establishment. And I am willing to engage in those discussions, even if some on the left aren't willing to engage. Look, you know, the squad, when I see AOC and she came out and Ilhan Omar and Tlaib and all of them, where they will talk all day long about selling weapons overseas and they'll talk about Saudi Arabia, they'll talk about Yemen, they'll talk about Israel, they'll talk about every country under the sun. But when it comes to Ukraine, where are they? I mean, they've become the NATO caucus. Where are they? Right. I mean, I, it was amazing to watch the squad go from believing that the military was racist to then right. supporting global military. And it was like, I thought that was one spot where I could see, like, I remember, I think I tweeted this at one point, that I'm like, I could see a Congressman Matt Gates and a Congresswoman AOC uniting over this because they were they were putting out all this all this talk, all this rhetoric, talking all this smack that they're pro-America against the military industrial complex. Um, Ilhan Omar every once in a while will have like a good tweet kind of in that in that vein. But when it comes to the votes, it ain't there. Well, it'll be interesting to see when they move to the minority. Will we actually get some cooperation out of the populist left on mm. foreign policy? Because in the majority, they just sort of stuck together for the sake of sticking together. Okay. And I think that they sell, sold out their own values. So they may have a renaissance. Which well, which led to AOC having her little uh, the little town hall uh, moments that she had 
where I, I forget who the guy it was like some of the Roosh guys or something but they were running in screaming about you're putting us in a nuclear war AOC you oh, sold us out that. you were you know you and then she's up there can hey essay come on all of a sudden you know uh the code switching they call that code switching by the way um I'm from Philly so we can do that um but it, it it's like no they're actually making a good point that you you promised a lot of things and you didn't hold up on that whereas I can think I can remember because I have pretty good memory for this stuff all of the stuff that you've promised people who you're not going to take money from stances you'll take on military spending stances you'll take on expanding NDAs etc cetera, etc cetera. and I've always seen you vote those ways well look I think that what is the binder for the corruption in Washington is the lobbyist and special interest money yeah you know and like it, it, it's almost so obvious that you don't have to say it but like when these members go take hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars from these special interests and then look their constituents in the eye and say that it does not affect how they vote they're being dishonest and it happens on both sides and i don't take any money from any lobbyists or any federal PACs because i don't want my constituents to wonder if that's actually who i work for and you know that movement has been embraced by MTG. It's been embraced by Ted Cruz. I think you may see some of the new members try to liberate themselves from lobbyists and special interest money. And if we do that, maybe we won't need $500 million to go and underperform in a midterm if our ideas are better, if we don't sell out. But you know what? Every, all, all these who want to go vote for Kevin McCarthy for speaker, their leading argument is, well, look at all the money he raises for us. And maybe that like argument worked in the 90s or the early 2000s, but I don't think selling shares of yourself to K Street is some ultimate qualifier for the speakership. If anything, it ought to be a disqualifier for it because the moment he were to get a hold of that gavel, he'd be looking to fulfill the commitments that he made to the donors, not to the representatives and certainly not to the voters who see through his grift. When it comes to the question, and this this is big for me, and and I, I've, I've every time I get asked, you know, by anybody when I get one of those phone calls and they say, well, what issue do you care about, Poso? What's the main thing to you? You know, when you're Catholic, is it pro-life? Um, where is it marriage questions? And I said, look, the way I look at this stuff is there, there's all the issues that I care about personally that are that make me want to made me want to get into the, the game or whatever. But if I can't speak about those issues, then it don't matter. And so I said, I just need tech. And and I'll say, look, I appreciate Elon Musk for everything that he's done. But at the same time, there's a part of me that says, well, aren't I don't I still just exist at the whim of a billionaire? Right. That That's why I have not like celebrated the Elon thing as if it's Caesar returning from Gaul. Yeah, because we should not have a system that relies it shouldn't on work this. out great for Caesar. <laughs> right. But it, 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 may, it may not work out great for Elon yeah, by the yeah. end of it. I mean, we see the regime definitely turning against him with every tool that they have. And that's going to continue. But like, we should not rely on the whims of billionaires to be able to vindicate the values that are essential yes. to American exactly. discourse and the preservation of the republic. And if we do rely on that, the left will win more than we do. And right. this is this is like a an anomaly, right? This is not usually the way these things go. And well, it's great, but you talked about the issue matrix and I'm going to put you on the spot because right now we are having these real-time deliberations in the House Judiciary Committee. Mm. What is your first hearing? Who are your first witness panels? Mm. And with what's going on on the border right now in Title 42 and the tens of thousands that are invading, there are a lot of people really wanting to get that uh, border argument front and center. But I almost think maybe the first witness should be Elon. Maybe the first witness should be Elon. Elon, 
Elon with documents, Elon with a huge stack of like Slack messages and emails. And I mean, when you, I'm just going to say it, when you check the box to sign into Twitter and it says specifically anything you post on this, anything you post on this site, any communication uh, that you give up your rights to be able to see, that includes DMs. So Elon Musk actually purchased the DMs of every journalist that has a Twitter account. <laughs> and no, I'm not saying that, you know, the new Congress should go and subpoena any of that. But what I am pointing out is that we have to look at Twitter. And I've said that Steve and I are going back and forth over who said this first about Twitter being a crime scene. But the amount of and I think, again, I always think of this stuff as an intel officer. What's the collection ability to us that Elon, you open that door and all of a sudden, if I can think of, all right, let's actually talk about the operations that were being run on Twitter. Let's see who was telling these journalists to print, the, you know, a story about Russiagate or plan a story about Matt Gaetz or plan a story about Jack, whoever. Um, let's look at all of these things that may have affected elections. I remember when Jake Tapper told the New York Post to delete their tweets yes. about the Hunter Biden laptop. Who was he talking to in that time period? Was there anyone that suggested that to him? Do they have ties to foreign governments? Do they have ties to the Intel Committee? I'd love to know that, right? Well, so, and there'll be pattern recognition in that exercise because yes, it ain't yes. just going on at Twitter. They're pulling the same at Google, it's, it's at Meta. It's all over. And, it's, and when there we pull is a the string there- that every single one of these organizations, well, you wanna like, talk about a guy that was just a patsy. This is, I mean, he'd be the first guy I'd target, come on. Well, and and, you will see things manifest at Meta, at Google, Amazon, other places that we're gonna discover through the Twitter investigations. Yes. Because one thing we know about the national security state, they're not creative enough to run different ops no, into no, no, those. No, no. no so the, the FBI, same they finish their Twitter video or they're doing a Zoom call with Twitter, they hang that up and then they call Facebook and then they call Google and then they call Amazon and then they call the S whoever, right? Well, you know? Elvis Chan. Yes did not think of this on his own at the FBI. You know, he was no. the FBI point of contact for a lot of these Twitter meetings, but we're gonna find out from Elvis Chan who placed the order, who made the call that this was now a national strategy to try to fuse big government, big media, and big tech against the American people. Which, and I've gotta say it that, you know, again, not advocating, but when, when President Trump came out and gave that policy speech last week, again, policy, talking about defunding the entire, I call it the disinformation archipelago, any organization that receives federal funding, any organization that, which includes, by the way, Stanford, Harvard, all these universities, that has any tie whatsoever to the censorship of freedom of speech or any government agency that's involved in it, I, I thought it was pitch perfect. I really thought it was the best speech. And, you know, people are complaining about the NFT thing, et cetera, because it came out on the same day. But if you actually just go back and watch that speech, I don't think I've heard anyone at that level talk like you know like it was basically one of like something i would say yeah and i don't think that the american people realize that they are funding this offense against yeah. themselves yeah and that's what president trump exposed and the one thing we've always got to give to president trump he causes people to expose themselves that's right and it might be his greatest superpower it's 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 right left center whatever he reveals you and then he always people say he's a counterpuncher and that's true but he always kind of gets his his opponents to like blow themselves up. Yes. And then they he drives them nuts, then they implode, and then he wins kind of by default because they're so out. So another big debate, in, and I know I'm interviewing you, you now, but I know, another, right? another big debate that we're having in dealing with big tech is, do you treat them a lot like 
the tobacco companies where you like strip their defenses mm -hmm. and send the trial lawyers after them? Do you treat them like public utilities and regulate them? Or do you just break them up? I mean, like we did Bell South. Some say you have to totally like, if you have not forced Meta to break up, if you have not forced Google to get out of both the email so, and search business, you have not right, done right. enough. Right, right, so here's, I, I mean, it, it, if you break them up, it just it just shifts the problem into one big problem into a bunch of little problems. I don't think it actually solves the, the case. It doesn't get you where you need to go. Um, that being, I mean, what did they say about, you know, if thousands of tyrants nearby instead of one tyrant right, in an ocean away? away? Right, ocean away, yeah. In, in China, they say uh, uh, the, the, the mountain is high and, the, and Beijing is far away. Um, but it's, it's also the idea of it's a because we have to fundamentally look at these as different than we'd look at any other. It, it, they're not. The so companies. would you regulate them like public utilities? That's that's what I'd lean towards. Um, but it, because it, it reminds me of the railroad argument that there were there was nothing like a railroad before there were railroads. And so we had to come up with a new way of thinking uh, in terms of how these things operated. When I look at this, I think about my kid, right? I think about my four year old. He will. There will be no fundamental. Your four-year-old gets a lot of play on human events I know, daily. Right? But 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 it, think about it, right? Because because I think about him, and then I pop it out, and then and this will will we'll end on this. But he will have no fundamental difference in in his life between picking up the phone and calling someone versus hitting up somebody on on you know social media versus FaceTiming somebody. To him, it's all the same thing. To him, it's all the exact same thing, and it's it is communication. And so, whether that fits the framework of public utility, the way we think about it should be the way that we think about interactive communications. I'd break them up. We'll have to have another episode no, that, way, we, that we way, devote to this. I don't think it's either. It has to be one, you know, one or the other either. Yeah, I I just don't think that the Section Two Hundred and Thirty reform is sufficient. It may be necessary, but not sufficient mm. because. Uh, look, I but mean, you need a full on declaration. Right. Right. Well, a doctrine, really a yeah. doctrine about about, you know, whether or not cancellation from the digital world is just going to be something that we leave to the terms of service. Well, and, of tech and I companies. think I think you do that in terms of digital bill of rights. You do that in terms of data, uh, portability, da data, portability, owning your data. I should own my data. If my, my digital footprint. I should own the rights to that the same way that I own the rights to my own likeness, to my own self, everything else. Well, they call Kevin McCarthy Big Tech's best friend. So if I can stop him from being speaker, maybe we can uh, debate these uh -oh, issues uh -oh, on our Kevin. Uh oh, fire words over here. All right, I think that's just about all the time we have. Congressman Gates, thank you so much. Oh, thank Appreciate you, it. I almost called him Congressman Jordan again, but I figured I'd give him a cat. Well, you know, you I'm the Robin that. to Jordan's Batman. The Robin so. Jordan's Batman. Okay, all right. Not Ace and Gary, though, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the meme. <laughs> thank you very much. Ladies Thanks, and gentlemen, Jack. as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.